Okay, Alex, uh, just for the record, can I get you to just state your name and your title at Alec, please? Just for the for recording. Uh, Alex Vaughan, and Vaughan is V-A-U-G-H-A-N, and I'm the Policy Officer at the Arid Land Environment Centre. Okay, thank you very much, Alex, and thank you for talking to us here at Karma. Thank you. Alec had made their submission today to the Water Resources Review Panel over the review of a uh, licence decision uh, at Singleton Station. In your submission today, you argued that the decision to grant this licence is unlawful. For our listeners, can you maybe outline as to why you believe this decision is unlawful? That's a pretty big claim. It is a big claim, and uh, there's, a, there's a number of factors for what we consider the decision to be unlawful. So we consider the, the decision to grant the water license at Singleton Station, which is going to be the largest, which is the largest water license ever granted in the Northern Territory's history, and potentially is one of the largest water licenses nationally, to be unlawful due to, the, due to its failure to comply with the water allocation plan. And that's the water allocation plan in the Western Davenports region. Uh, so we consider a failure to comply with that on a number of grounds uh, to do with groundwater dependent ecosystems um, and the drawdown impacts on that uh, as well. And we also consider the uncertainty legally, um, sorry, uncertainty legally around station licence and uncertainty to do with the water allocation plan. So this licence has been approved without clear understanding of how uh, this license will impact the environment and cultural values and things like the impact of salinity and water quality and the impact on groundwater and ecosystems. Uh, so these things, there's just a lack of knowledge. The baseline is not there. And there's also parameters in the Water Act and water allocation plans that state that the water controller must make decisions in accordance with water allocation plans and there's impacts in terms of drawdown of the aquifer, uh, which may it's been modelled that the the groundwater system is going to drop by 50 metres over 30 years, uh, which is in direct conflict with the, what is outlined in the water allocation plan, um, as well as the protection of groundwater and ecosystems. Uh, there is a lack of clarity whether and how uh, groundwater dependent ecosystems can be protected um, due to development of this size and kind of the regulatory environment in the Northern Territory context doesn't have parameters within it that will ensure the protection of these things. Uh, and a big issue we see is the dependence on adaptive management as a strategy, but that is not a, a precedent that should be used to enable development. That should be a measure that responds to issues. It should not be the, the basis of which licenses are granted. Uh, another major issue that we're seeing here um, is that an environmental impact assessment hasn't yet been conducted. So we've had a water license that's been approved, and we don't actually know the extent of environmental impacts, uh, so which is very unconventional in terms of process. You mentioned in your outline of submissions that there are better ways to also sustainably manage water, in particularly in the interests of traditional owners, but for other reasons as well. Can you maybe explain further what those uh, better sustainable management systems are? Well, I think it, a clear way in terms of engagement and consultation around water license issues is that we've seen in response to the approval of this water license, you know, there's not, there wasn't known impacts on kind of 
sites of cultural significance in the area, and the CLC had to do their own cultural survey, uh, and they found that 28 sacred sites are going to be impacted, and this is, you know, there are big, big sacred sites and trees, and it's also sandfrog country and honeybee country. Uh, so a very important process in terms of being an inclusive approach, in terms of actually hearing the concerns and knowing how water licenses and development is going to actually impact cultural values in the area. So in terms of actually being inclusive and knowing, identifying areas and actually having development that's at a scale that is responsive to its context. Because so what we're seeing at Singleton is the environmental impacts and the cultural impacts are potentially extremely severe. Um, and there's huge amounts of uncertainty in that. The water controller and the anti-government couldn't say right now exactly what the impact is going to be. So in terms of the uh, inclusive approach, and then also in terms of actually creating a, a regulatory system that is outcomes-based in terms of wanting to protect and seek to protect environmental and cultural values. Um, and then, you know, development is a, is a product in accordance with that. It's not development first and only. Um, and it's actually based on, you know, significant baseline research. So another issue that we see with the Western Haven Ports region is that it's not a region that's had extensive uh, horticulture, particularly at this scale. So the baseline modelling that's relied on for this is mainly just one one paper. Uh, so there's so much more research that needs to be done, and a lot of this has just been modelled and isn't actually in ground truth yet. Despite that, though, Alec, uh, despite that, though, Alex, the Northern Territory government claimed there was rigorous modelling and data, and that uh, and that if there was a failure to meet the licence decisions that was handed out earlier this year for um, Fortune agri Agribusiness, it would mean that the water licence is withheld. Uh, why don't you trust the water controller on this? Uh, I think due to the scale of the decision and we've seen a, the breadth of concern from environmental and cultural values. And if we also just come back to the water allocation plan, mm. which the water controller is meant to be basing their decision off, uh, the water allocation plan in itself is ex explicit in the uncertainty around kind of the water resource in the region. So there's this resource called the Regolith, which within the Western Devonport Water Allocation Plan, within that central plains management zone, the Regolith is a 30 gigalitre resource. So it's a substantial resource. And in the water allocation plan, it's clear there's an extreme likelihood that this resource may have to be... Uh, downgraded or the fact that it might have to be removed in its entirety due to a lack of understanding of the system. They don't actually know the extent that this, this water resource is actually there. It's just been a modelled resource primarily. So there's major aspects of the water allocation plan that are based on existing uncertainty. It's not stable foundations for which to be granting the largest water licence in all the territory's history. And it's also extremely unconventional uh, to be granting a water license of this scale without knowing the environmental and cultural impacts. And that's why we've seen uh, in, our, in our proceedings that we consider the decision to be made to be unreasonable um, and, as a result, also unlawful. And unreasonable is, in terms of administrative law, is kind of the most, one of the most severe kind of condemnations we can make about a decision. And it's not something that you do lightly. There's a very high bar for what is unreasonable. Uh, so, yeah. unfortunately, due to the nature of proceeding, proceedings and the, and the actual project itself, uh, that's why there is this kind of response to this development. 
You've been particularly critical of this review process as well and the amount of time that you were given and the fact that you haven't been able to witness other um, submissions throughout the day. Couldn't it be argued that the fact that there is a panel uh, reviewing this, your decision and taking a submission be grounds for you know, the NTG actually listening to ALEC, the Central Land Council and other opponents of this water licence? We definitely welcome the fact that the Water Resources Review Panel exists and is conducting a review, and it is an important part of the Water Act. Our issues are that it's kind of unconventional in terms of transparency and accountability proceedings to do with administrative law, and in terms of kind of creating good process. Uh, you know, this is at the same time that the Northern Territory Government just a few weeks ago was looking to abolish this panel and transition powers to NTCAT. Um, the Civil and Administrative Tribunal. And it's just, in terms of, this is, you know, one of the most, if not the most controversial water licence in Northern Territory's history, and there's significant public interest, and we just consider there to be a right of the public, key stakeholders, um, traditional owners, you know, to know what are, the, what are the reasons decisions are being made, and it's just good administrative practice that kind of, A, we have a right to respond and observe and listen to the kind of concerns of the department and the proponent, uh, but also that, you know, the public has a right to get received transcripts, that transcripts are made publicly available, that the report that, will, that the review panel will provide to Minister Lawler will also be made to be publicly available. But unfortunately, you know, it's unlikely that we're going to receive the report that will provide the advice. We're only given a few days' notice of the meeting. We're not being able to observe and listen to other proponents uh, yeah, we're grateful that the process exists, but it's not it's not regular practice and it's not good practice. And we're also saying that this is this panel is being run differently to the previous panel from earlier in the year. So there's no consistency in how the Northern Territory Government and the Water Resources Review Panel is conducting themselves, which is the cause for concern. Now, finally, I noticed that you had Maureen Jipiyilya Napajimpa O'Keefe as part of the session this morning. Are you able to tell me what she said at the panel today, Alex? Uh, so we did invite Maureen to attend and we notified the Water Resources Review Panel about her attending as well as a number of other people. Uh, unfortunately, the Water Resources Review Panel said that the public were not able to attend as well as the media. So unfortunately, Maureen did come in this morning, but she wasn't able to actually participate in proceedings because they only allowed the Alex General Manager, Jade Kudrenko, myself, the Policy Officer, and our Chair, Barb Milanis. Uh, so unfortunately, Maureen wasn't actually able to participate in proceedings because the anti-government didn't consider, or the review panel did not consider them to be an aggrieved person in this case, which is, it's horrible. Well, that, yeah, what do you think you know, that that says? Stakeholders and, and people from country and growing up in that area and just hearing the way, I'm not going to speak to Maureen, just hearing the way that she talks about country and practices in that area um, and just, you know, the, the real cultural environmental value and the richness and that connection to country, it's, it's, a, it's outrageous that communities um, and traditional owners are being explicitly excluded. Um, and we saw a protest yesterday up near Ali Karam um, of native title landholders and community kind of objecting to the fact that they have been excluded. Because it's just, it's not okay that this is being reduced to just a process for organisations. And the NT government hasn't consulted with people in country. And 
it's 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 horrible. This is the way that things are proceeding. If this license is still approved after this process, will we see further action? Uh, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, I'd like to state from the from the top that you know, the Adelaide Environment Centre is most intent in working collaboratively with the Northern Territory government. Uh, but unfortunately, if the way that things are proceeding and hypothetically, if the license was to be approved uh, in the way that's currently constructed, uh, the door is definitely ajar for further action down the line. Thank you very much for talking to me this morning. Thank you, Philip.